Hello, we are the Buntons. Uh, my name is Bill, and this is my beautiful wife, Catherine. And uh, we've been married for 12 years as of two weeks ago, September 21st. We married 12 years. And, uh, yep, thank you. And um, we've got uh, two great little boys, uh, as you can see right up here. Blake is uh, the one with the hat is nine, and Braden is eight. And um, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, those of you that are going, man, he really outpunted his coverage, and Mary and Catherine, I know. <laughs> okay, everybody's told me that, but that's our crew. <laughs> uh, so uh, here's our story, and and, um, and hopefully that um, that uh, that you'll be able to. Um, learned something from it. So I grew up in Gulfport, Mississippi with three siblings and my parents divorced when I was five. I remember the, the constant pain and anxiety of my parents going through the custody battles and, uh, and sitting with my dad's attorney and him asking me, who do you want to live with, your mom or your dad? And uh, I remember thinking, whatever I choose, I lose. And someone is really going to, someone is really going to get hurt in this. Uh, we were not brought up in church on a consistent basis, but uh, but would go, after my mom got custody, every so often we'd go with her. And I grew up in a Christian home, attending church two to three times per week. I have one sibling, and my parents just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary in January. At age seven, my dad explained to me how I could give my life to Jesus, and together we prayed, and I trusted Christ. But it wasn't until many years later, at age 31, that I truly understood that Jesus is someone I could fully give my life to, and have a relationship with. Early in my life, I developed real ugly patterns of finding my significance in what others thought of me. I developed the skills of attracting attention and controlling a relationship. I'd become whatever I needed to be in order to fit in or be desired. So after college, uh, I moved to Dallas after graduating from Mississippi State, uh, basically because I heard it was a great place for business and being single. I, I dated a lot, had a few different jobs. I did attend a church on a regular basis, but there was no commitment to anyone or to anything. Uh, the time God started moving in my life was when I went on a mission trip to Cuba, uh, doing door-to-door evangelism. And, um, you know, and at that time, I thought I was a Christian, but just to make sure, I got on my knees and asked Christ into my life just to make sure that I was covered. At age 23, I got married because all my friends were doing it. I was trying to, trying to find my value and my worth and my significance, and that man completely exhausted him. In search of the answer to my questions, am I worthy? Do you think I'm terrific? Am I enough? I made bad choice after bad choice. I was flirty, unfaithful, and starving for attention. By age 30, I was staring at divorce papers. I want to interject here that at the time, I was not pursuing Jesus, and I was not following his heart for how to deal with my insecurities or marriage issues. I wasn't involved in a church, and so I wasn't surrounding myself with Christians who would care for me during this time, counsel me, or even walk through it with me. I was pursuing divorce in complete isolation. So looking back on this, I'm fully aware that divorce is never by God's design. So a friend of mine could tell that, uh, that I was drifting through life and encouraged me to go through a program that was designed to put your life under a microscope and allow God to show you what's working and what's not. That's where I met and saw a beautiful blonde that made me laugh like crazy and made my heart jump. A year and a half after my divorce, I met Bill at a seminar designed to help you deal with the hurts in your life. 
And it was also in this process that God finally, truly, deeply reached my heart. I understood that he loves me no matter what I've done and that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross paid for all my ugly sins. I felt completely free. After the program ended, uh, we started dating and got engaged about a year and a half after we met. Uh, Also during our dating, we did some really good foundational things for our marriage, like going through Crown Financial Ministries and a pre-engagement course at our church at that time. We got married in September 2002. Uh, Since my home life had a lot of pain and anxiety growing up, my view of a successful marriage was to keep peace in the home at all costs. Also, I'd heard Catherine's story from her previous marriage, and I didn't want our marriage to resemble that or the one that I grew up in, so I became Mr. Nice Guy, a very passive and weak leader. About two years into our marriage, we started to look at our finances, and we um, realized we need to start working on them. We each had made some bad financial choices and brought debt into the marriage, and then together we had collectively accumulated more. We knew that it was going to be a tough and committed road, but we were willing to make changes for our future. Uh, We were involved in a church that we were attending, and we even led a personal finance ministry there. God was preparing our hearts for a time in the future that was coming that we would need to live out what we were teaching. Uh, I remember one night uh, after our first first son was born, I got all the medical bills that were coming in by the truckload at the time. I got all the medical bills and organized them around me and almost got physically sick from the pressure of what we owed and the pressure of the collector's calling. Uh, That's the start of me putting our financial situation above our marriage. It was during that time that, the pro- that, that Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 really spoke to me. With trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. About five years into our marriage, the financial <clears throat> bottom completely dropped out. Bill was trying to start a new career based on 100% commission in a recession, and we were staring down $150,000 in debt. I was a stay-at-home mom, and we had two babies in diapers. These were dark and depressing times. But it was also during this time that God directed us to Watermark. We were surrounded with believers that would speak truth into our lives and provided provided for many of our needs through the love and care of his people. So Catherine heard about Reengage from some of the neighborhood moms, uh, and uh, and we decided to try it out, decided to go. Um, I learned a lot during it, but also at this time, I went through a company change. I'm in commercial real estate, and, and um, I went through a company change, and we were in a financial crisis. Uh, I'm the typical bootstrap sales guy, uh, and we were drowning in debt, so my mind was, was focused on surviving because there are so many times when we were down to 10 bucks in the bank. Uh, we were having garage sales, picking up items on the side of the road to repaint and sell, parking cars, helping build fences, whatever we could do to survive. The verse that impacted me during this time was 1 Timothy 5, 8. Um, But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. So, honestly, I was confused. Because I'm, do I, do I provide for my household or how do I love my wife? And my thought was that's how I love my family was, was providing. Um, So I was confused and I was struggling with advice from anyone because the ones closest to me could not relate to being on straight commission. This was the first time that I questioned God's goodness and the first time I had the thought that I was better off dead than alive. Obviously, our marriage during this time was struggling. 
We were tired. We were worried and trying to cling to God's promises. It was during these days that some of my old patterns of behavior began to return. Finding my life and value in things other than Christ, I began to drown in anxiety and worry. Comparison truly is the thief of joy. I began to sink under it as I noticed the upward mobility of those all around us, their homes, their vacations, their kids' activities, their remodeling projects, their shopping excursions. And I was piling my anxiety and hopelessness up on Bill's shoulders, and he was already sinking under a heavy load. I wasn't loving him well or encouraging him. At this point, our marriage was not our first priority, survival was. I was still struggling to be content in any and all circumstances and comparing my insides to other, other people's outsides and what I was interpreting to be the ease of their lives compared to the struggle of ours. With still finding my value in things and what others thought, I began to sink into dangerous territory when a man at the gym began to notice me. Fortunately, after a few weeks, I was able to confess this to a friend of mine so that I could get help. The secrecy was beginning to spin my mind out of control. Confessing it brought it into the light where it couldn't continue to grow and fester, and then I had accountability for my actions. So with financial craziness in our lives... And to help deal with some of my past, it was recommended that I go through regeneration, a recovery ministry here at Watermark. This is where God revealed to me how I was totally emotionally shut down. Then I asked God to show me how to come alive emotionally. The next day is when Catherine told me that she was having an emotional affair with someone at the gym. Uh, She assured me it was not physical, but but one of my worst nightmares has now happened. I truly thank God for our friends, Brandon and Katie Loki, who Brandon was my um, sponsor through Regeneration, um, and also our community group, um, the, uh, the Wisners, the Vorals, and the, and the Millers at the time, and um, for, for being there and walking us through that pivotal time. Um, at this time, this, the verse that, at this time, this verse really helped, helped me to stay sane which is Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. This reassured me that God is with me in every situation, good or bad, and to be grateful. The turning point for me in our marriage was when I confessed to Bill about my emotional affair. I think it was a wake-up call for both of us that we, had, that we needed to be attentive to this most important relationship and to each other. I also think a big transition for us began with two things in my personal life. One, my truly believing who I am to God. I'm cherished by him. It doesn't matter as much to me now what the world says or thinks. It still does matter to me what Bill sees when he looks at me, but I don't hang my hat on it anymore. I love it when he notices me, but the days he doesn't, it doesn't ruin my day. That's God. I'm confident now in who I am in him alone. Growing closer to the Lord has truly helped me to become more content I'm happy to report that our debts have been paid off in full. God has been really good. And I also know I'm more able to handle God's desire for us to be wherever we are financially at any given point. It's not fun sometimes, but I'm more drawn to tell him now instead of Bill because I know that God has a plan and a purpose for anything that we go through. I count all his gifts as blessings more often instead of comparing and complaining about where we are. For me, the transition in our marriage began when I... uh, attended regeneration here at Watermark. Uh, God, had, God had been dealing with me about issues from my past and that had contributed to me being emotionally shut down. 
In regeneration, there's a process called amends in which you contact people that you have offended and ask for their, ask for their forgiveness. God laid it on my heart to contact the attorney that, um, that I had spoken with when I was five. And, uh, and, and to ask for his forgiveness. I didn't know I was going to get emotional doing that. <laughs> Golly, I thought I'd work past that. Uh, I discovered that he was still practicing family law, and I gave him a call. And um, we talked. We talked for about 15 minutes, and, and um, when that was done, uh, I truly felt like um, the world had been taken off my shoulders. And um, that was the beginning of... Um, Golly, I didn't do this during... <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning of, of my emotional development. Okay. Since that time... We have led another re-engaged group. Uh, going through it again helped me to crystallize in us what a Christian marriage truly should look like. Uh, we're now living a marriage that has a lot more love and respect than it did 20, uh, 12 years ago. Uh, the transformation of our marriage has happened over time as we have learned to be more intentional in, in obeying God's word. Uh, and this is vital. Staying engaged in great community here at Watermark and being transparent and honest with one another. The encouragement I would give is to let the Lord God himself be the true lover of your soul. Believe him and remind yourself as often as needed who you are to him. If your neighbors think your house is cute or your husband thinks you have pretty blue eyes, that's just icing on the cake. What God says truly matters and will never, ever change. I still struggle sometimes with feelings of insecurity or comparison, But God is quick to give me his eyes and his perspective on a situation when I ask for it. I love that his perspective mainly has helped me to get out of the miserable trap of self-focus and begin to live a life focused on others. A verse I love is Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. My encouragement is to make sure you stay engaged with a godly community because when you are in the thick of it, it is vital to have godly, loving people lift you up, even if they truly cannot relate to your situation. Uh, Also, look to God to give you strength and courage to continue developing a loving relationship with your spouse by having great, honest communication and keeping a sense of humor. I I still struggle with staying emotionally engaged and being fearful of of our finances, but not nearly to the extent as a couple of years ago. My takeaway is twofold, and when I walked in here, I really changed it to threefold. But um, so my first one is, is to never make a decision based on fear. Uh, in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Um, the second one is to, no matter what the situation is, always have a sense of gratitude. Uh, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then the third one that I put in here, it is, you can't do this alone. Okay? The ones are struggling. You really cannot do this alone. And so, 
So it really impacts me when I see, you know, people that, that are in our first community group when we first started coming to Watermark with the Tuckers and the Straces and the Stouts and, and how, how much, I mean, literally, we had solid people around us to, um, to help make it through. So that's it.